You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. Discover the tools you need to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. From family and wellness to business and goals, it's time to dream out loud. It's time to rock it. This stuff will rock your world. Rock! And now your host, Chasta. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. I am Chasta along with one of my dear friends, Dana Keys. Welcome to the podcast, my love. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here. You know, you're, you may have noticed, you're kind of my go-to girl to talk to about like when, when shit gets real, I'm like, right. I'm call Dana. <laughs> about the ish. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's me. <laughs> it's, it's so true. You know, you're one of those people in my life um, that I can just like slip so fast into like a really important conversation and that's a compliment so I hope that you take oh, it that way like when I do. you know when things get deep and real and when I feel like I just need to like work out some stuff you're just a really good person to bounce things off of because you're always honest you're honest with yourself you're honest with your people as in your listeners you're honest with me as a friend and I just really appreciate you in so many oh, ways and I miss you. the crap out of you as well on a side note <laughs> so um everyone if you don't know Dana, which I doubt, but if you don't know Dana, Dana Keys is an amazing human being. Uh, she works in Bay Area Radio and has for a hot minute. How many, how many years? Like, what are 18, we going back here? 18. I think we're like pretty much the same. You and I, uh, we were birthed into radio at the yeah. same time. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> totally. <laughs> And then also she has an amazing podcast called Radio Rehab. Um, Dana has literally been doing all the things with me. She's come on Soundwaves um, about a year and a half or two years ago um, to really dive in and talk about your addiction process and your recovery process and everything that that has been for you, really your whole story. Um, and God, what an amazing story it is. And I'm not going to drag you through it all over again today because I don't want to do that to you. Um, but you've had an incredible life. You have truly pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps um, with the help of others, obviously, but uh -huh. you've done so much of it on your own. And, uh, and then recently... I had you on Soundwaves Christmas because we wanted to talk about heading into the holidays and how the holidays can sort of drum up in a good year. The holidays can sort of drum up depression or anxiety or stress for, you know, lots of people for many reasons. And this year it's of course a million times worse because it's 2020. So we got to have this very brief conversation on Soundwaves Christmas and I just felt like there was so much more to say. Um, and so I, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. So with all that being said, thank you for taking the time with me today. Oh no, I think it's awesome. It's an excellent idea because there is a lot of depression happening right now. There's a lot of people falling out of their recovery programs. You know, I mean, I was just telling somebody there was a meme that said AA meetings in 2021, and it was a picture of uh, like Woodstock. Like that's oh, how many people are probably going to be in recovery because that's how many people have probably gone off the deep end this year. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people sort of have joked this year, including myself at some point, I'm sure I've joked about, you know, drinking to get through all of this because right. we've all been trying to find ways to cope with this year. Um, but on a way more serious worst case scenario note, you know, I know somebody this week who fell out of recovery and died and, and I'm so sorry, you know, and it wasn't somebody I'm close with. It was a friend of a friend, but I, I did know them. And I mean, God, like heartbreaking, you know, um, 
for, for them, their family, their friends and headed into the holidays, like for everyone they've ever known. Now the holidays will always remind those people of this person, you know, there's that domino effect. Um, and I know that that's, that's a thing. That's a thing right now, um, because of what's going on. So I just thought that, you know what, you and I can, can talk through a really interesting list that I found because as I was telling you before I hit record, I found, um, this to be a very, very, heavy and important topic. I don't suffer from depression. I do have anxiety. Um, and I, I would call that severe anxiety, um, from time to time. So I deal with anxiety, but I don't deal with depression, but those are things that I really want to treat with the utmost respect. So I found an article on, um, the Mayo clinics website, mayoclinic.org. And it's 10 tips to prevent holiday stress and depression. And as I was reading through these, you and I, even though we only spoke on Soundwaves Christmas for like five or six minutes, we actually hit quite a few of these. The so, exercise part in there. Never yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and boundaries. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there's some good stuff in here. So I figure we'll just jump right in um, with acknowledge your feelings. Number one, just sort of acknowledging, embracing the S show that it is right now. and mm -hmm and all of the feelings that are coming from it. How are you feeling on a personal level heading into the holidays right now? Um, well, you know, it's funny. I'm kind of just trying to ignore them. I like, I'm not, I'm just not going to acknowledge that they're the holidays because in my experience, expectations lead to resentments. Ooh. You know, like if I'm like, it, well, at least something better happen and I better at least get this, you know, same yes. with birthday with anything then you're just always going to be let down. So it's like, it's COVID. I can't go back to the South. I can't see my family. I can't go up to Sonoma and see my mom. It's just going to be another day. And we're just going to make the best of it and just eat some good food. Cause it's like, that is such, I mean, we could literally turn off our mics and be done. That one sentence right there is so important. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, I always, I always take that sentence um, whenever it comes to Valentine's day. Cause I think Valentine's day is a sham because of exactly oh, what you just said. Totally. Like Hallmark holiday to bum single people out. Oh my God, totally. To bum single people out and to really screw up any relationship out there because everybody does what you just said. They put their ideas up on this pedestal. Like even if they tell themselves like, oh, just, you know, a card or an acknowledgement will be fine. They're full of BS. And then at the end of the day, if nothing happens, then they're heartbroken. And you're right. You're right about the holidays. That's, I'm sure, how people are going to feel. And I'll tell you, you just said you can't go to the South. I can't go back home either. You're from Louisiana. I'm from Oklahoma. So we both have that part of the world in common. Um, and there's a lot of things that we understand about one another that a lot of people wouldn't Absolutely. be. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And bless their hearts for not understanding. Bless their hearts. They don't get it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is the first time in 39 years that I won't be going back home. I'm sure you, it's the first time for you that you haven't been with family of some sort. Yeah. Well, we didn't go back over the holidays last year. Uh, be, Grammy was in the hospital mm -hmm. and Grammy ended up passing away in March. Um, it was either March 1st or the last, I forget, but either way she passed away and that was like the matriarch, our matriarch of our family. And my aunt is like a little Christmas elf and she loves the holidays. So we were all planning to go back there to support her and to be there and show that we're still a family and we'll always be a family. And then COVID happened. So it's like, it's going to be, I know, I mean, I, I feel worse for some members of my family because it's probably going to be even harder. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody, I mean, if you're doing it right, I guess you should be in this situation, right? Because they don't want you to travel. They don't want you to be with family. Um, right. I also, I know of a family who were together at Thanksgiving and all 19 of them got COVID. Um, now, 
You know, they are, 19 of them. But yeah, everybody I know who got together at Thanksgiving got the Rona. And, and, it, and, and my family had it. I mean, we had it. So I'm not sitting okay. up here on my oh, pedestal. God. I mean, by any means, like we were, you know, we've been as careful as we, we could have been, you know, we have yeah. still had um, to take a couple of risks here and there. I mean, we, I'm working from home. My husband runs a small business that we're trying to keep alive. So yeah. we've had to take our own set of risk and um, having, you know, our son in daycare a couple of times a week. Um, you know, so we knew that was a risk, but, but we've still, even within that have been tremendously careful. Um, but with all that being said, we still got it. So, you know, if you're doing it right, then, you know, you won't be around people this holiday. So I'm not going back to Oklahoma. My family's not coming here. My mom just canceled her trip. My niece canceled her trip. And, and I'll tell you this, I just realized this last night on a very, very real human moment and level with you. I realized last night I was so stressed out and I was like doing all this stuff and I felt even more intense than ever. And I was like, you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to make it extra special because it's going to be so different. So oh, I'm so putting all, all these little things, little things. I'm putting right. all this pressure on myself to make sure that it's perfect for Cody. Like I'm getting him, you know, he wants a Santa costume. Um, cause he grew out of his other one. So I got that and he loves inflatables. He loves driving around looking at Christmas time inflatable. So I got him a little Jack Skellington one, like all these little tiny things. And I'm like, got to get the right, you know, Christmas cookies for Santa. Like, hello, doesn't matter. Like I'm just, I'm stressing out. And then it hit me, Jay and I were talking, my husband and I, he was like, why, you know, why, what's going on? And I just sort of bleh, verbal diarrhea. And when I did that, and I'm sure you've had this moment where you didn't even realize what was going on until it fell out of your mouth. Yeah. That's what happened. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to do everything I can to make this a happy time. Cause I don't feel happy right now. Not being with my family. I just don't. It sucks. I totally understand. Me too. I'm a family person. I'm a grandparents girl. Yes. Yes. I hate that I'm not back there in the South with my family. I hate that I'm not going to be petting horses next week. Yes. You know, like, I, I absolutely hate that. Um, and I, you know, I miss them and I love them and I'm, I'm blessed to have such a good family, but you know, even in like the 12 step community, like I'm in people are the same thing is happening. People are falling mm -hmm. off left and right there's all these expectations that like this should be happening and this should be happening. And usually on the holidays, we have what we call alcathon meetings that are 24 seven. Okay. So it's like you're at your family's house. They're all getting wasted and fighting. You leave and there's a meeting every hour on the hour at your local fellowship place. Fantastic. So, but that's not, but see, but now on the other side, like that's been happening all year, but it's been Zoom and it's not the same. It's not the same. So you can't go be with your fellowship. You can't go be around people. You have to do it via Zoom. And it's just, it's a totally different thing. I'm grateful it's there because it's better than nothing, but right. it's just a totally different thing. I would imagine. I mean, obviously I've never been to, you know, an AA meeting or an NA meeting. So I don't know exactly what happens, but I could imagine, I mean, Zoom takes the fellowship feelings out of it. Like I, you know, you and I used to see each other almost every day and we haven't seen each other since obviously the beginning of the year. And, and it's so strange because you and I would always just wrap each other and hug and love on each other. We're both that way again, Southern, um, you know, and so it's, it, you don't get that warm and fuzzy. Yeah. It feels so much more formal, I guess, is what I'm trying to it say. Really yeah. It really does. Yeah. The lack of touch, the lack of actual human yeah. interaction. It's really hard. And people who are depressed need that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they need somebody to bounce their crazy off of. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, that's what my sponsor is. You know, I yeah. need somebody to get a gut check from. So Absolutely. I, yeah. 
I told Jay the other day, I said, I'm so grateful that I do have other humans in my home. Cause there are a lot of people that don't have, you know, other bodies in their house to hold on to. And I, I'm a podcast nerd. I listen to podcasts all the time and audiobooks, and I love learning. So I had a lot of psychological kind of stuff that I listened to. And I learned that, um, you don't get the serotonin boost out of a hug unless it lasts over six seconds. <laughs> so we were in a hurry the other day, Jay was going to work and he kind of did that, the quick hug and like, got to go. And I was like counting till six. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Hold on, one, two, three. <laughs> he was like painful. I'm like, no, I need my six seconds. I really need my six seconds right now. It's ridiculous. So, anyways, just acknowledging all of that, I think, is is part of the battle. Like once I said it out loud, now I can sort of go, okay, you know what? I'm trying to buy my happiness right now by buying all this crap and wrapping it up and thinking that that will make it all better. And I know better than that. I know better right. than that. And that's yeah. not what it's about anyway. So I'm, I'm stopping here. <laughs> I'm stopping. Because yeah. like, um, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Number two, you just kind of mentioned, um, reach out. You know, if you're feeling lonely or isolated, look, reaching out is a different beast right now, I guess, if you will, you know, um, but even just picking up your phone and, and real quick FaceTiming somebody, um, you know, even if it's just for a few minutes uh, is it really does help like that human interaction, even though it's not what we expect. I think it really does help. I will be honest again. That's all I'm going to do on this podcast is be honest. It's all I ever do. Um, I'm more of an introvert. So in some ways this I, like I'm very much an extrovert in my career, in my job. I get to, I get all of that out on a microphone, oh. but in my real life, I, I like, I'm a cancer. I'm a crab. I like to kind of tuck in the sand and be, you know, be in my hole. Um, and so in some ways I've thrived because I've been at home where I'm most happy and most comfortable and not out of, out of place. Um, but even me, even for me, I'm starting to like itch and feel weird that I'm not going to like holiday parties and all of that stuff. So as far as reaching out, like, you know, besides those meetings that are on zoom how how do you feel like you're doing that for me the best part is sponsoring other women in recovery yeah that's where i get the most help is when they call me and they need help because that is 10 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour however long it takes that's time i'm not in my own head that's time i'm not thinking about my own selfish stuff you know it's time i'm not worried about me so i mean and that's really like the crux of the program i think is help other people and I mean, obviously you're not going to do it just because it helps you. But when you, when you witness that and you get to experience that it is helping you to help them, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. You know? Like it's so it, that's like, that's a gift. That's like better than giving someone like a huge Christmas gift or whatever, you know, when you're actually able to help them and walk them through something and then you get to hear them feel relief and feel better. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's good for everybody involved. Can we just step through that real quick? Because I don't know exactly what that looks like. So when you are going to be a sponsor to someone, what are you signing up for with that? Basically all you're really signing up for, like in terms of old school and how, you know, our literature goes is you're just agreeing to walk them through the steps. Got it. Um, there are some really hardcore sponsors that are like, I walked you through the steps, get lost, go sponsor somebody. Oh, wow. <laughs> like that. Like I'm still available because my sponsor is still available to me. So I'm still available to my sponsees whenever they want to call and check in or complain or tell me something's great or tell me something's awful. And then I have to remind them to get back into gratitude. And then it helps me because I probably wasn't thinking about gratitude at that moment. Yes. So now, like, I was probably sitting there complaining, like, I haven't been to the gym in six months. Yeah. <laughs> and like, now I'm helping somebody be grateful, which is helping, then I better be grateful. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's really smart. So it's really, you're signing up to be a dedicated friend to somebody. Yeah. Well, more like a, it's not really a guru or a life coach or even really a friend. It's hard. It's just, you're going to walk them through what you walked through. The path you just walked down. Exactly. You've walked down this path and you're reaching back and going, come with me. Here's what I did. Do that. Okay. Move to the next step. Do that. Okay. Move to the next step. Like that. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That's really incredible. I mean, just, you know, not to be ignorant, but I just don't know, you know, I've never walked down that path. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number three, be realistic. There's a million things you could say, but not realistic is not one of them. You and I are always like, we're living in realism all the time. I don't even know that we need to cover that, but I think it's good. You know, when you're talking about like, what to get people, you know, realistically, I think for the bulk of us, I've been trying to tell myself this, like, we don't need a lot of stuff, you know? And like you just said, what, what is more of a gift? Well, more of a gift right now is just the acknowledgement of somebody, you know, what they're going through or maybe not something physical, or even if it is physical, like more of like something homemade. I know that sounds really cheesy, but like leaving something on their doorstep instead of some huge gift that nobody really needs. You know, I know like our family, we don't, we really need to focus on the kiddos. Like to me, this whole holiday thing should be just about the kiddos. Yeah. Cause it's going to be their first weird Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is going to be their first really weird holiday where it's like, wait, where's everybody? What's weird to me. Funny. You say that is I feel like this may be the first holiday that Cody really remembers. And it's going to be like, cause he's what three now he's four. maybe he'll remember last year's like he remembers things yeah you know what I mean like his first we're developing his first real memories right now you know at four years old and so I'm like oh my god like some of his first memories are going to be the weird ones (laughs) yes I know but think about how much he'll appreciate Christmas next year exactly that's what I'm hoping he'll blow his mind next year like what we can go see family. We can travel. I know. Knock on wood. I hope that's uh, all true. Uh, Number four, set aside differences. Now this one is really tricky because we're in an election year. We're in a really weird time politically. Um, We had an election that isn't settled. I mean, as of today, it in theory should be settled. Um, But I know in a lot of people's hearts in this country, it's still not. Um, So if you are seeing people at the holidays, that could potentially cause a real problem, you know, Um, and differences too, not just politically, but also wearing a mask or not, how you're dealing with COVID, how you're not dealing with, you know, all of that crap, you know, because there's a lot of that. I mean, pop on Facebook for four seconds and you'll see it. Oh my God. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's going to be really hard, I think, for everybody, but every year, even before COVID, the minute the table to turn to politics, I get up and leave. Yes. Right? I, I'll go smoke a cigar outside with the guys and I don't even <laughs> like cigars. That's how much I hate talking about politics. At a dinner table with loved ones. It's like you're here with your family. These are your people. These yes. are your loved ones. Why are you poisoning everything with politics. Like it just, I feel like it just has no place at the dinner table. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I used to, I used to love politics um, back when politics was somewhat normal and just simply simply corrupt, you know, not like like civil war politics, more like, you know, policy politics was always really interesting to me. Um, I paged at the Capitol in DC um, when I was in high school and college. And I loved all of that. I mean, that was very possibly a career path for me, Um, but it's not fun anymore. It's just not. So like, I don't even, I don't even go there. Like there's just zero point. If somebody is so far down that road, the odds of me changing their mind are pretty minimal. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to know that. And I'm going to stop those conversations from happening. Just like you said, and then we're going to move on. And then I can 
you know, think, think globally, act locally and do things in my life and in my community that breed change in the way that I want to see it made. And that's all I can do. And that's another thing I got from recovery too, was I'm powerless over people, places, and things. Like I can't change you. I can't even change me unless I really want to. Right. <laughs> so oh, that's good. Everything external I'm powerless over. So there, there's no reason to argue about it or get all wound up in it. Like, how can I make this, you know, fit me? You can't, yes. you can't change stuff. Like just, yeah, that's like the first step. You're just, you're powerless. And it's really cool to just surrender and accept that. Yeah. Right. It just, the power yeah. in just saying F it because I can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah. Right. And just giving that up to, if you're religious and you believe, give it up to God or give it up to the universe or give it up to whatever, but it's right. not your problem anymore. Yeah. Turn it over. Yeah. I love that. I, there's so many, I, I need to study and, and learn more about the 12 steps. Cause there's so much, clearly there's so much value. And I have so many friends actually in recovery, which is amazing. I would love to, to dive in a little bit more, um, to really understand it. Um, let's see, <laughs> stick to a budget. That sort of goes back to what I just said. Like I was a little over, I, I typically don't really overspend like crazy. My list is a little long because I have, you know, my brother has three kids. My best friend who is my sister, she has, you know, her two stepkids and two biological kids. So that's like, and then her mom lives with her. So that's seven people. So there's a lot. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> my list is pretty long. So I have to be realistic, going back to be realistic with a budget. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's fairly basic sticking to a budget. Um, but I would like to just put out one thing within that budget if you could make space for a charity you know just giving back to others that's you know and that's what we did one year uh i forget why there was one year we we're in la we couldn't go back to the south and see my grandparents i forget what was going on but what we decided that year instead of doing gifts was we did toys for tots yes i'm not even sure if it was exactly toys for tots but it was something like that it was something where, Maybe it wasn't twice. It was something similar to that though, because we actually got the kid's name. So oh. we got, so I, and I'll never forget this. My girl's name was Phoebe Edith. Oh, that's, that's so cool. Name, Phoebe Edith. So and cute. Like I got her like whatever ridiculous cabbage patch doll was on fire at that time. Yeah. <laughs> it felt so good to know that like some kid is getting that with a card from me. Exactly. Like, that's what we said. We're like, we're not, you know what? Like if you want to get us a gift, go donate. I think that's great. You know, we always, we do the very similar stuff. The firefighters um, here in the North Bay, you know, we have the firefighter toy program. I don't know if they do yes, that elsewhere, yes, but okay. you know, same concept toys for tots. Um, but that's just really special because like, you know, here I am, like I, I try to really limit what we get for our son because I just don't want it to go so berserker that it's like, ridiculous you know so matters anymore yeah i know like, it's like you a laptop when he's five and he's like i don't care <laughs> i know whatever just rip it open presents left right. and right so our hard and fast rule is four presents from his parents and then he gets a, a bigger present from santa um and then the stocking um so that's what we do to just try to keep it in perspective try to keep that budget um i didn't make this up i found it on pinterest years ago um, but the four things is something you want something you need something to wear and something to read so along those lines uh, i try to fill in the blanks there so it's like a well-rounded list um and you know 
he he gets it so far. Hopefully, he won't hate me when he's a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I think that's really good. I would have actually loved that as a kid. Right? I know. I think yeah, it's. That's I think it's actually really great because I yeah. love reading. Yeah. No, that's all perfect. Yeah, I think it's good. And my mom uh, does that as well. Um, planning ahead. Um, you know, setting aside specific days for shopping. This is where I've f- sort of fallen down, and I'm going to blame COVID because we had COVID over Thanksgiving. We were out. I lost. It was as if I like literally went to sleep, was in a coma. I wasn't, I need to make, I'm not joking about that. I'm not making a joke of it because I was not in a coma, but it was as if I was because we were so out of it for like 10 days. It was like, I literally lost 10 days of my life. Like it just vanished before me. I couldn't get in bed the whole time in bed the whole time. And Jay and I had it at the same time. Cody had it first. And then Jay and I had it at the exact same time. And what's problematic about that is you have a four-year-old that's now healthy and energetic and you guys both are feeling like death on a ham sandwich. So who gets up? Like, how do we do that? Right? So it was literally, okay, I feel like crap today. You feel a little bit better. I'm going to take the first nap and then we'll switch. And we did that on and off to get through it It, because nobody can come help us either. Yeah. Right. You know, cause Cody was over it technically, but he was still within his 10 days. He had to be at home in isolation. So it was, it was nuts. Anyways, all that to say, I didn't get jack crap done over the time that I usually get ready for Christmas, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I do my shopping and all that kind of stuff, just like most people do. So I got so far behind. So here I am on whatever day it is, December 15th. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> and again, why do we put this- do that? Why do we put this pressure on ourselves? Like, it's ridiculous. I should just go back to you and just be like, is it happening? What are we? Is this December? I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, we could just act like, why don't we just make it December, you know, in February whenever COVID's gone? I know. Just postpone it until the world comes back, at least. And once people start getting vaccines and whatnot, and we start at least maybe turning a corner, that would be nice. Um, This is one that, I mean, number seven, learn to say no, that could deserve its own entire podcast, (laughs) but I'm still learning. Here I am, you know, at 39 years old and I'm still learning how to say no. It's, it's hard for me. I've done a lot of soul searching about it because I am a recovering people pleaser. Um, so saying no is hard. Is it hard for you? Easy for you? How do you feel about that one? Um, I think it's pretty easy for me. Um, like I've been through a lot of BS in your life. Yeah. So I've been through a lot of BS in my life. You know, it's easy for me if like I get invited to, you know, some family or friends of family and it's going to be like booze fest. Yeah. Like I've been really adamant about like, no, and you can't give me a guilt trip because no, you know, it was, it took me 20 years to get five years sober. I'm yeah. not going to mess with it. You know? Exactly. And I didn't get sober to hang out with wasted people. Well, and if they don't but, respect that, why are they in your life? That's kind of the way I right. see it. And on occasion, like, I don't care. Like, I'll, I have a lot of friends who drink and they drink around me and it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. But if it's like a whole house party based on booze, I just don't need to be there. It's just annoying. What, what are you going to get out of that? It's just people slurring and repeating themselves and you're like, I'm nah. You have a great, you have a great reason to say no. Yeah. And good on you for saying it and sticking to your hard line in the sand um, because that's how you've remained sober for five years now. Um, Cause I'm sure that's not an easy thing to do. And and if God, if anybody gives you a guilt trip about that, they're a-holes. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. sorry. I know. I know. (laughs) That's ridiculous. 
Somebody told me once, like when I first got sober, I was complaining that I had to go to this 4th of July party thing and that people are going to be drinking and how dare they. And I only had like three months, you know, or, and this woman in the program said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go there and you're going to bring everything you've got for 30 Mm -hmm. minutes. You are going to make everybody happy. You're going to bring all the fun and then you're going to leave. And I did. And it was amazing. Question. Let's unpack that. Do you make that announcement? Are you like, I'm going to, okay. Or do you ghost everyone? Not like an announcement. That was a dramatic question, but like, do you let people know, like, I'm only, I'm only going to stay half an hour or do you sort of just like Homer Simpson it back into the bush and you leave and nobody knows you left? Like, cause I do that. Yes. That's exactly what I do. That's exactly what I do. Somebody told me it was called an Irish goodbye. I didn't know that till not too long ago where you just kind of duck, you, you're, you're there, you're part of the party, and then yeah. you just kind of duck out. And then and it's like, where'd Chasta like, go? Where'd Dana go? Right. Where did that? I swear I just saw her, right? Like, yeah. Right. But then they're all drinking and who cares? And like, they get over it in three seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like that too, not because of the recovery aspect, because of my introvert issue. <laughs> and I know this is, people probably think I'm insane because I talk to, you know, a few hundred thousand people on the radio every day, but it, it's true. Like I get very exhausted in social circles. Um, and so if I really overdo it, if I stay up really late and I'm like, you know, Mrs. Party for hours or whatever, that'll, t- it'll take me three days to recover from that. And again, I'm not talking about a hangover. I could only have one beer. I'm just talking about the exertion, the social exertion that whatever that is that introverts deal with. I wish I knew the medical term. I don't. Um, so I have to put limits on myself for that because I'm like, I can't feel completely out of it for the next couple of days because I'm drained, you know? So I love that rule. It's like go in guns blazing, get all you got for half an hour and then call it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you showed up, you were a part of, you weren't begrudging, begrudgingly there. Like, Oh, this sucks. Right. Now you're, you're there and you're, you're giving of yourself and yeah, you did what you could. Yeah. Because it's not like you don't want to see the people that you love, you know, you, oh, even, yeah, of course you do. even if they're drunk or whatever, like you love people, you want to see them, you want to be with them, but you, we all have our certain bag of crap we pull around, right? And yours is recovery. Mine is my issue. And everybody has that. So it's like, all right, how do I marry those two ideas? I want to see the people that I love. I want to be around them in whatever capacity that is. Obviously we're talking about parties, which aren't happening right now, but you get the idea. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But, you know, dealing with your limitations within your personality um, and marrying that with people that you love. I love that rule. I love it. Um, This is our favorite. Number eight, don't abandon healthy habits. You and I are, are by and large healthy people. Yeah. We work out, we try to eat right. We try to take care of ourselves. We bond over that. Uh, you know, do all the things that, you know, you're supposed to do, you know, get uh, plenty of sleep. Don't uh, just go overboard on sweets and cheese and drinking and all of that stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, things in moderation, it's, it's the holidays you want to celebrate. Um, but just diving off of a diving board into a pool of cheese, talking to myself here is not the way to go. Well, I know. Like, yeah, you keep drinking that eggnog, it's going to show in your ass. <laughs> like, you're going to have eggnog thighs. If you, you know, it's the holidays. I'm going to have eggnog every day. Because don't get me wrong, I love Bud's eggnog, which unfortunately you can only get in the Bay Area. I've looked everywhere. Oh, I'm, really? Oh, it's driving me nuts. Bud's is the best. It's funny. I didn't really think it. I've never thought of eggnog as a boozy drink mm-hmm. because I would just drink booze if I wanted booze. I wouldn't right. Like in like, my waste calories on eggnog. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Which is what eggnog is basically. 
pie mix. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like plain eggnog. Sometimes I like to just put it in my coffee. Yeah. Bud's eggnog and I can't find that. Anymore. But, but like just a little bit of it. Oh, like the other night, my husband drank uh, like a tank of it. Yeah. See, like, and so not good, <laughs> but in moderation, you know, like I have like the other night I had a, a sweet tooth, which I don't have ever. Um, but you know, girl issues once a month. And so I had a sweet tooth and I was like, Oh, I want something. And I found this little tiny caramel in our Halloween candy that we haven't gotten rid of yet. And I was like, that'll do it. And so I had just a little piece and, it, and I slowly ate it and it was just enough. Uh, you know, and I don't want people to stress out and feel so guilty about indulging a little bit, but just, you know, don't go overboard um, because it, all of that crap really, really um, is a lasting thing. Like you don't want to turn around and be like, oh God, I just completely went into a pool of cheese and now I'm, you know, I got 15 pounds on top of everything else I'm dealing with right now. Right. I feel like and crap. To come back from that. Totally. You know? Yeah. Like it takes effort to come back from that. A lot of effort. You put it on so fast and to get it off is such a mountain of work. It's just not That's, worth it. It's totally not. You and I work out so much, like I'll be running and I'll get done running and it'll be like, you know, 350 calories or whatever. And I'm like, that's like one of my favorite IPAs. Like that's a beer for, I just ran off like a ah, beer. Like what the funny when I look at my watch and it tells me like how many calories and what I, that is my first thought is what, what food is that? What did I just oh, eat? Like, <laughs> wait, what do I get to eat for free? 350 calories. <laughs> I was like, that's the, the first thing I think is what can I spend that on. Totally. And that's why sometimes I'm like, oh God, it's just not worth it. Like this cal caloric intake, I have to go run five miles for that. Like, ugh, forget it. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> I always have that in my head. Um, number nine, take a breather. I think this is super, super smart. It kind of goes with what you actually were saying on Sally's Christmas too. Um, you had mentioned your 30 minute rule of going to a party. Like, you know, if you are around family that you live with or not, maybe it's your husband or your partner or whoever, and you need a minute, like take a breather, of course, you know, with a mask on, but go, you know, go yep. outside, go for a walk. If you're going to be around somebody, uh, be smart about it, but just walk. Like I, you know, I'm a big runner. I love of running and it is uh, mostly for mental therapy. Uh, that's where I work all my crazy out, you know, and it's so, so good for you. Those endorphins are so incredibly important. Oh, me too. When I, when I first got sober, I was literally mandated to walk or not to walk, but to exercise for 45 minutes every day that's without really fail. That's and that's kind of what helped my liver. And then the last time I talked to you, I was having liver issues. I just got my blood panels back and it's fine. Hallelujah. I love how casual you are about it. Like it was like, oh. So it, we were headed down path of cirrhosis of the liver last time. We I, I was so terrified because how do you get bad liver panels after five years of sobriety? Uh, but your liver likes to heal itself. So if you're doing the right things, you know, and I was actually told to drink two cups of coffee for my liver. Really? Like, yeah, I, I know. I, I have no idea why, but a hematologist said to do that. Um, I don't really like coffee that much anymore, though. Yeah. You know, kombucha, water person. Same. Iced tea. Yeah. Hot tea. But yeah, like, no, it's, it's super important to do that. Wow. That is really amazing. Yeah. Moving your body. I mean, also, you yeah. know, if, if I always like to be, make sure that I am respectful and inclusive, if you're not able to move your body, you are still able to take a breather. You know, you can still meditate, you can read a book, uh, whatever you can do to just sort of give your yourself space and grace for that matter. Uh, mm -hmm. Cause I'm all about that. I write in my gratitude journal every day. I give myself grace as a reminder to freaking give yourself grace, you know, because sometimes oh, you just need a right. reminder of that. Yep. You give that's yourself a pause. You always, you can walk out of a party for a while and stand outside and breathe. Yeah. 
or go to the bathroom. Like I, I've, I've heard people talk about like being at bars in early recovery and literally going to the bathroom and getting on their knees and praying. Oh, now, wow. don't do that during COVID. Don't go to a bar during COVID. Yeah, yeah, First, or get on a bathroom floor for that matter. Floor. Yeah. Right, but if it were a few years ago, that yeah. would be the call. Just get or, right on the bathroom floor. Who cares what people think? Absolutely, yes. Amen to that. <laughs> I've learned uh, a lot about not caring what people think in the last, you know, the older you get, though, that sort of take it takes care of itself, for me at least. The older I get, the less I care. Totally. Me too. I know, right? I know so many like younger women in recovery and, and we'll be out and somebody will offer them a drink and they're like, oh, I'm not drinking tonight or I'm on antibiotics or something. And I'll oh, straight wow. go, yeah, I'd love a drink, but then I'll be smoking crack with hookers at two o'clock. <laughs> I'd rather not. For me, I'm just like permanent TMI. Like I'll just blurt it out. <laughs> That is exactly why I love you so much because I, I'll never forget the, the first time we had a, a conversation about drinking. It may have been that I was having a drink around you at like a, a holiday party or something. And, and I may have said that because I always am like, I want to be respectful, you know, not just to you, but I have other friends in recovery and I've always, you know, been concerned about having a drink or whatever in front of them. And you were like, yeah, I'm not interested in your little beer. I'm looking for heroin. So we're good. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like if, if just being around it would make me do it, God, I'd be on scary ground right there. That would be a much darker place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know how I would even be hanging on. Yeah, no, it's like, I, you know, I work through it. So it's like, I can be around it. It doesn't bother me. Right, but it, right. It's always so polite and respectful when people ask. I always appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, I just want to make sure because, you know, it's, it's territory that I haven't been into. So I don't know exactly how it is. You know, I've learned a lot from my ex-husband is a recovering alcoholic and he and I are still friends. I've told you about him before. Yeah. He, he also has a recovery podcast, um, but he, um, you know, he's taught me a lot about that too. I just, cause I didn't know, like, there's so much I didn't know, you know, and, and he was very young whenever we got divorced. Very, we were both very young. Um, so he didn't know it either, you know, and it takes so long uh, for him in recovery and just as you age to learn all these nuances about yourself and about others and uh, how to treat people, you know, just how to be fair to others that are going through something that you can't understand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all right. Number 10, da, da, da. we need a, a, like a, we need a drummer. Hello. <laughs> you I know, guys. <laughs> Is he in the house? <laughs> I know. He's just on the other side of that door, I'm sure. Um, oh. Seek professional help if you need it, in all seriousness. Absolutely. You know, as I started out this podcast by saying, depression, stress, anxiety, suicidal thoughts are of the utmost importance and they deserve the most utmost respect. And I will say, you know, what's really come out of COVID that's been interesting to me is all of these therapy apps. Like, there's all kinds of different ways now that you can get therapy, which is so cool. Telehealth telehealth like amazing i mean it, it's it's incredible there are i'll put in the show notes uh, a list of and i've actually listed them in show notes before because i've talked about uh boundaries and stress and anxiety uh on this podcast before but i'll make sure in the show notes that i put some uh there that you can you can click on and see what might work for you but it really is incredibly easy these days to get help um so yeah. make sure that if you really feel like you're at a position where you're you know beyond what uh, you can do for yourself or the people around you can do for you um, make sure that you reach out to a professional because it's incredibly important. So, and don't feel bad about it. Don't be embarrassed. Yes. Amen to that. I just, you know, I, I think that's such a powerful um, note to end on, you know, you talking about not 
not caring about what people think, because what I've learned, Dana, is like not giving people, to me, it's not giving people power over you, you know? Exactly. Right. Like holding on to your own personal power. And like you so brilliantly said, there's a lot that you cannot control. Right. But one of the things you can always control is the way that you react to a situation, the way that you react to a person or whether or not you let their BS, their negativity into your heart and into your your life. That's up to you. Right. And you have to let somebody rent space in your head. It's ex- exactly. Oh, you're so good. You're so good. You should have a podcast about recovery. I mean, it's serious. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> it's so, I mean, it's so well said and so true. You know, um, I, I think it's, it's very easy to let people rub off on you and, and, Social media, again, I've done a whole podcast about social media. Social media for me uh, got to a pretty dark place earlier this year uh, where it was really affecting me because sometimes it's the first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you look at before you go to bed. And that was like getting to me. So I, I do purges now of social media and I very firmly think about social media as a person in my life because, you know, there's that saying that you're the, you are the five people that you hang out with most. Well, we hang out on social media a lot. So I consider that one of the five people in my life that I hang out with the most. What am I getting out of that? Am yeah. I getting bleh, negativity, awfulness, stress, anxiety, or have I curated it in a way that I'm following people that it actually brings something good into my life, you know? Right. Or for me, it's comparison with social mm. media. That's why I got like, when I'm sitting there going, well, why did they get that? How, what, but my life sucks, you know, like so good start comparing myself to people. That's, that's when it gets dangerous for me because you don't know what's really going on with them. First of all, you know, people present themselves how they want to appear. Like you've no idea how right. hurt they are in the inside or what's really going on. We, oh, we know, we know in our hearts and, and our souls, we know that it's a, um, a highlight reel, you know, what's happening okay. on social media It's a highlight reel that people are, hopefully, I don't want to see your worst, most terrible fights with your lover. Like, I don't want to know those things. When people actually do post all that stuff, I get so uncomfortable because I'm like a no drama mama. I can't handle it. Oh, people post actual fights? I was going to say that'd be funny. I was going to do that instead of posting the perfect marriage pictures. I <laughs> post those fighting. But if people really do that, forget it. Wow. Oh, serious. I mean, I've had people that on Facebook, Facebook is like the home for the drama. I've had, you know, people that I know on Facebook that'll post like the most intimate moments with their family and stuff. And I'm like, that is not like, I. you have to think about social media. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I think it's important. You have to think about social media as like, if you have 2000 friends, let's say on Facebook, that's like you walking into a room of 2000 people and screaming at your problems. Like think about what you're putting out into the world. You know what I mean? Like it's the same thing. Absolutely. It feels different because you're typing it into a screen, but the, the idea is the same that all those people now have access to know your inner workings and the darkest parts of your relationship or your whatever. Like it's amazing what people will post. Exactly. I know. And then once their fight is over with your significant other or whatever you're posting and you're back to loving them, now all your friends hate the person. Exactly. (laughs) Don't drag them into it. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) That is exactly right. So I would definitely add to that list of tips to just 
be careful with social media over the holidays. You know what? Diary. Use it. Yeah. Use it when it's good. And then when you start getting bad vibes off of it, just back right off, purge it, be done with it, put it down, whatever, because it really can, it can mess with you in a lot of different ways, obviously. Yes. Like whatever you want to post, write it down on a piece of paper and then go in your driveway and burn it. Don't <laughs> energy into the universe. Oh, that's how. Don't put it on Facebook where it's stuck. Exactly. That's exactly how I'm, uh, I'm going to end this year. It's funny that you brought that up, Dana. I'm going to write down some of the harder parts of this year and I'm going to burn them in the fire pit. Like it's going to be it. Right. It's going to be a celebratory thing for new year's. Like we can't do anything for new year's, but I want to sort of exercise as an exercise this year, get it done, purge it, whatever. And I feel like fire is very helpful. (laughs) It's going to be cathartic. Yeah. Cause then you just go, the smoke just goes into the ether and it's It's, gone. Yeah. And you can just be done with it. Now I have to say, because we're in California where we have so many fires, please, please, please be careful. Know what you're doing. (laughs) Do it in the driveway. Yeah, exactly. If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. Uh, But that's how I'm going to exercise this damn year because, uh, yeah, we need to be done with it and move on. Uh And burn in the sink. You can burn in the sink. There you go. Yeah, light it up and put water on it really quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Dana, thank you so much for being with me today. I love you so much. And I, you're, you were so full of wisdom. I oh, mean, truly you. everything that you, you know, you. you've been through a lot of dark stuff in your life. Um, you know, and I actually, you know what I'll do too, uh, in case people want to know, I will obviously post the links to radio rehab. I want to make sure everybody knows that that's there to listen to. Cause it's so fantastic. Oh, but also the, um, interview you did with me on Soundwaves, as uh, not Soundwaves Christmas, Soundwaves, the regular episode from a couple years oh, yeah. ago, where you yeah. the story, um, because that story in itself, you know, that was like a good 20 minute conversation just about, you know, your life story. It's so impactful. Um, and you've been through it and people need to know if they're going through it, they're not alone. That's the whole reason I'm alive. I'm pretty sure is just to let other people know they can walk through it too. That is your purpose. I love that. That's so great. So true. All right, sweetheart. Well, happy holidays or whatever month it is. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. Happy I love you for that. I don't even know. <laughs> I love you so much. And we will definitely talk soon. All right. Okay. Absolutely. Mwah. Mwah.